following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Well, the theme of the day is God is faithful, I think. Um, we are we're just celebrating the faithfulness of God. Even the softness that happens, the weepiness that happens, isn't about the things and the people as much as just the revelation of the goodness of God throughout the years in our lives. And um, I want to look at that today, both in the life of this church, but in our own lives, that we would be able to celebrate the faithfulness of God in the past in our own lives in many different areas. So it's exciting that we can celebrate 30 years as a church. And the reality is that the Christian life contains a lot of looking back, but not looking back at where we've come from necessarily or, or, or the, the crisis or the trauma, but looking back at the goodness of God so we can take the faith from those moments and bring it forward into our future. And that's what we're doing today. Even as we look back, I believe that there's something that's coming into us of faith for the future because of who God has been in the past, because of who God has been in establishing the church here at Living Waters. So we're taking this time to do that, but I believe that it's going to propel us forward into faith and expectation for the future. I want to just highlight some of the things, some of the amazing things that the Lord has done in the, in the last uh, few years um, because I want us to take the faith from that as we move forward. I'm going to have Luke come and share. He just has, um, Luke has, Luke and Kathleen have been here from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and so he has some stories of the faithfulness of God that we're going to talk about today. So we came up here. I don't know if some of the, see, Leslie and Henry aren't here. Bardell's have all gone on. Oh, Henry's back there. Bardell's have on, all gone on to glory. Who else was a, in the, on the leadership team? Walt, yeah, Walt's gone. Anyway, and Bob Buller, of course. <clears throat> so we started here in 91, and, you know, the first, now this is a few years later, the first time we looked at this property, because we knew we couldn't go on in the junior high at Vandenberg forever. It was wearing, every, wearing everybody out, literally. And we were up in what is now Brian and Renee's house and meeting as a leadership and uh, praying. And the Lord gave me this vision of this enormous angel. And he stood on the property here and he plunge this huge sword into the ground. And he said, I will remain until it is established. And I just shared that, and it was, I guess it was significant. He stuck around, and this place is established. Do you know what? Jesus was 30 years old when he entered his ministry. We are 30 years old, and I believe God is releasing us in this next year. I think we're going to see things that Jesus didn't see before he was 30. We're going to see greater and greater things. As a fellowship, as a church, we're going to be more and more released. Amen. Thank you. 
So we're grateful to the Lord for establishing us here. But we want to, as we look back in our lives and in the life of this church, we want to look back at those things again and take faith from the past to propel us into what he's doing. I believe, and I didn't know that he was going to share that or that he had that impression this morning, but I do believe that we can always say as believers, our best days are ahead. We can always say our best days are ahead, and that doesn't say that what we've had hasn't been amazing and great. We just know that we have a God who is a God of increase. We have a God who, who the Bible tells us goes from glory to glory. And although God never changes his nature, his character, his faithfulness never changes, he is constantly moving us forward. This is the God that we serve. And so it's good for us to look back. It's good for us to look back, not on the, the difficulties and the trauma, but the promises and the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the deeds of God, that we would look back on his goodness, those, those moments where he brought provision, those times that, that he healed us, that he sustained us, that we, he, we would look back on the wondrous works that he's done in our lives. It's good to look back at the moment of salvation for us, when we came from darkness into light and our lives were changed, it's good to look back at that and to mark those moments. It's good for us to see that. We see in Psalm 77. Let's read it. We all know how David can be. And so often, David goes from complaining to fully convinced of the goodness and the power of God. And so we have in Psalm 77, he's crying out, he's in a tough spot. And I, I don't begrudge him that because he had some tough stuff that he was working through. He had some things to face. But then he says in verse 10, and this is my anguish, the end of anguish. But now I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and I will talk of your deeds. And so he starts to begin to talk about all of the things that God did. I will remember your works. But I don't just remember your works for myself. Then he says in, in chapter 78, we will not hide them from our children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. And so there is this reality of proclaiming to the next generation the things that the Lord has done. There's, I was <clears throat> 12 years old when we planted the church here, and I felt like I was right in the mix of it all. But there's things that I don't know. And so sometimes I ask, tell me, how did this happen? How did, what did God do in this situation or that situation? Not so that I can copy that pattern, but so that I can be encouraged in the work of the Lord on our behalf. And I can, I can know his goodness and his strength. Not, it's not about his work. It's about who he is in the midst of that work. And so we, we do want to go back and remember and one of the things that I feel like we're doing today is we're marking a moment 
We're marking a moment of his faithfulness. I hope in our lives, separate from the church even, that today you're going to mark a moment where you remember his faithfulness in your life. You remember things that he's done for you. We see this uh, all throughout the Old Testament. There's several different examples, but I'm just going to focus on one. We have the story in, in Joshua where, um, you know, is, the Israelites have been led through the desert and they're on their, their next leader, Joshua, is leading them. And they come to the Jordan River. And so here's a water that has to be crossed. Do they have experience with having to cross water? They do. But you know, most of the people that were with Joshua were not there when the Red Sea parted. Most of them, I, I would say all, but I haven't actually done the research, but I'm pretty sure most of them were not there. I know most of them weren't. Were not there. They don't remember the moment when Moses raised his staff and the waters parted and they all walked across. And so they come to the Jordan, and, and Joshua, they all remember the story. They all remember that it happened because they had been telling the story to their children. But now Joshua asks the Lord what to do. Now, if I was Joshua, I would go, okay, in the story, Moses has a staff, and he raises the staff, and the water parts. And that's what I would do, because that's what Moses did, and we like patterns and we like prescriptions, and we like to, to that, you know, if I do this, this happens. But God told Joshua to do something different. In chapter 3, he, and this is Joshua telling them what the Lord told them, he, he had the priests get the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolizes the presence of the Lord. And he says, have them go before and so the Ark of the Covenant is pulling, pulling ahead of everyone else. And he says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. And then it says, when you see the Ark, move out, of, move out of your position, follow it. And I love this in the NIV, it says, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. This is speaking right to my spirit this morning when I read that. Follow the presence of the Lord because then you'll know which way to go because you've never been this way before. This is a message to us today. We're not going to follow the methods of the past. We're going to follow the presence of the Lord. And that's going to tell us which way to go. So he had them step into the water, and as soon as they stepped into the water with the presence of the Lord, the river stopped flowing and dried up so that they could cross. And it's a lot of people that need to cross. So, so they cross, and here's what Joshua said. So then he said, take for yourselves, I'm sorry, this is in chapter 4, verse 3. Take for yourselves 12 stones from here, from the midst of the river, from the middle of the river, from the, the place of the miracle. Take stones from the place that we couldn't have walked on it if it wasn't for the work of God drying up the river for us. Take 12 stones from that place and bring them with us. You shall carry them with them, with you. 
Then later on in chapter 4, so he's not just saying, I always imagined, we've heard, some of us have heard before that he had set up this altar, these 12 stones of remembrance, remembering what God did at that moment for them. And I always pictured it being right next to the river with them. But that's not how it happened. In fact, can you show that picture? In fact, what he did is he said, we're going to carry them with us. So here we have possibly where they had crossed the river, right here. And they carried the stones with them because they're not camping here. This wasn't the place that he was leaving them. This wasn't the place that he was leading them to. He was still leading them to the promised land. So they brought with them the 12 stones of remembrance to Gilgal. And they built the altar there. Because, you know, it's about, I think, 15 miles in what I looked up. And if they didn't, even 15 miles later, they might forget what it was that God had done for them at the River Jordan. So they carried the stones with them, and they set up stones of remembrance. And here's what Joshua said. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal, Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before uh, before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This, the, this altar at, at Gilgal, that's, those are stones for, of remembrance for us as well, so that all will know what amazing things Joshua did. No, all will know the amazing wonders of our God, his mighty hand, that they'll know who he is. And they have these stones so that their kids can look at it and go, what is that? And they can be reminded, they can be told the story of what the Lord did. That's what we're doing on this moment today. We're, We're building stones of remembrance to say, God did an amazing thing in so many different ways. So maybe we we need to remember the day that we got saved. Maybe we need to remember the time that that we were healed miraculously. Because you get get a few weeks, months, years past that, and we forget, don't we? Maybe you need to remember that you were told you could never have children, but you did. Maybe you need to remember the way that the Lord provided for you during a time of recession, the way he sustained you, that he saved your marriage, that he brought a prodigal back home, that you were able to lead your dad to the Lord before he passed away. Maybe you need to remember those things today. Those stones of remembrance, that he set you free from uh, addiction. That the way your kids are growing up is totally different than the way that you grew up because of what he's done in your life. 
We need to remember those things today. These are our stones of remembrance. But here's what's important. Looking back and remembering is not about the thing that he did. It's about who he is. And that's what I want us to focus on today. What's interesting is when God introduced himself to Israel through Moses, when he, when he encountered Moses in the burning bush, and Moses said, well, who do I say sent me? Because he says, I'm going to do this and this and this and this, and you're going to lead him. And he goes, really? Who do I say sent me? And he said, I am. I am. Tell them, I am sent you. The reason that we remember is because he still am the God that did that. It's not what he did. It's the character that we see of who he is. It's the power. It's the strength that we see. That's what we're remembering when we remember the works of old. I love how he often said, when he, like when he spoke to a different generations, he would say, I am the God of your father. You know what he doesn't say? I was the God of your father. Do you know why? Because he still am being what he was to your father. It's, it's a progressive, this is who I am. This is a really important distinction because if our connection to the works of God are only as deep as the thing he did, then we're completely missing the point. The remembrance is about knowing him and his nature. When he showed up on behalf of Israel, it wasn't just about the work. It wasn't the task of, I have to get them from A to B, so I guess I have to split the water. It was about intimacy. It was about displaying to them who he is for them. It's about who he is. It's not just about the work. And here's the thing. If we're looking to him to do the thing that he did before, we might be disappointed. Because, can you put that picture up again? Sorry, I didn't give her a heads up on that. Because here's what happens. He, they, they had an obstacle that was the river. And then they went to Gilgal, and they built an altar but guess what? Their next obstacle wasn't a river. Their next obstacle was a wall. And sometimes it's easy for us to go, well, we know how to do rivers. Let's just, let's just dry up rivers. Let's just do that. But he's brought us to a different obstacle, hasn't he? And so they needed to remember not that God could dry up rivers. They needed to remember that he was faithful to remove the obstacles to the promises that he gave them. Amen. So that's what we remember today. We remember his faithfulness, not this is the way he did it. I know that there's times when our, um, our declaration is, do it again, and which is good. We want that. But it has to be connected. Just be God again. <laughs> However you want to do that, whatever that looks like. Because 
honestly, they really didn't face the same obstacle very often. They faced water, and the Lord dealt with that even in different ways. They faced war. They faced walls. And whether it's water, war, or walls that we're facing, we need to know the faithfulness of God, not the method that he uses. So it's not attached to that. They didn't look at their stones of remembrance and go, oh, these stones only work for water. They said, our God is faithful, and he's promised this to us, and he'll remove every obstacle. So then, you know the story of Jericho, the walls fell down. Okay. That built its own stones of remembrance, probably, right? We need to remember that the works of God are not prescriptive. They're descriptive. They're not prescriptive of this is what God does every time in this circumstance. They are descriptive of his nature, of his steadfastness, of his strength, of his power, of his ability to to, um, follow through in the promises that he's given us. So it's not that we're attached to the works. We're attached to the God who does the work. And here's why it's important. Because he's always doing a new thing. I love, this, is, this came out of uh, a time of Thursday morning prayer. This came out of scripture first. But then it came out of a time of Thursday morning prayer. Just this, this revelation that God is saying, Behold, I am... There's the I am of the works before. I am doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. I am so grateful for the old thing. The old thing brought us here. I'm so grateful for that he dried up the river because now we can stand in front of a wall, right? So so he has done new things for 30 years. He's been doing new things and showing his faithfulness to us. And now we get to step into the new thing that he's doing. He is doing a new thing. I love that the, the miracle of the manna, remember that? So God provided manna for the Israelites so that they had something to eat. But there was a time when the manna stopped because now they had to start moving in and possessing the land. And I think sometimes we can think when a particular way of the Lord or work of the Lord or miracle of the Lord is stopping, something is wrong. And I would say the Lord's saying, I'm making way for the next miracle. You don't need manna anymore. Now you need to possess the land. So we're grateful for these times that he has sustained us and provided and done miracles. Their their whole journey. How about this? When, When he led them out of Egypt, and then the soldiers, they changed their mind, and the soldiers came after them, he didn't have them turn and fight them and miraculously defeat them. Could have done that. Nope. He split the sea and they walked through the sea. But other times, he did have them fight them. 
and they miraculously defeated them. Isn't that interesting? With Jericho, he didn't just have them somehow be able to, to, to get in and, and fight them. He had the walls come down. So he has the way that he's going to do it. And we cannot be more connected to what he did than who he is because we're going to miss the miracle he wants to do for us today in the new thing. Amen? But we can bring the faith of those things with us into the new thing that he's doing. So, do you know what's exciting is? I hear people all over the place going, we are in unprecedented times. Woohoo! <laughs> that means we have new miracles coming. Amen. We haven't faced a wall before. That's exciting. This is unprecedented times because he's doing a new thing. So we can look forward, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the faith of what he's done in the past, and we're going to bring it forward with us. We can look forward with these three things. We look forward with expectation. He has not stopped moving. He does not stop moving. The other morning, I woke up, and the words were going over and over as I was waking up. You are part of a kingdom that's advancing. Pay no attention. Eyes up here. <laughs> you are part of a kingdom that's advancing. So we can look forward with expectation. We can expect him to move because he's moved in the past. Maybe not in the same way, but we can expect him to move. So we look forward with expectation. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Something like the amazing things that God does for those who love him. That's you. And we can have expectation of that. Thank you, team. No eye has seen. Do you know what that means? That means he's about to do something we haven't seen yet. So we can't be attached to the things we've seen him do before, but we can be attached to the goodness of who he is. So we look forward with expectation. We look forward with confidence. Confidence in what he did before? No, confidence in who he is. Christians should be the most confident people on the planet. Not arrogant, confident. We should be the most confident people as we're facing what we're facing. We should look forward with confidence because he's the one who does the thing. Here's the thing. It takes a lot of pressure off me if we can all just agree that our confidence is in him and not in the Moses or the Joshua. Right? Our confidence is in his work. He moved for Moses. He's going to move for Joshua. Amen? But it's about him, and it's about who he is. So our confidence is in him. Confidence is a powerful force. The stock market rises and falls based on confidence. It's not even real. Sorry, y'all. It's just not even real. It's all about feelings, but it's about confidence. That's a powerful thing. And us walking in confidence of who God is. 
In Philippians 1.6, it says, Be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I am confident that, that the word of the Lord, as he puts the sword in the land and says, I will remain until it's established, he's saying, I will complete this work that I began. And in your life, he began a, a good work in you. We are going to disappoint one another. I'm going to disappoint you. We're going to disappoint one another. But we can be confident that God isn't finished yet. We can be confident that he's continuing to work in us. Amen? So expectation, confidence, and we look forward with eternity in mind. Our new thing is not the end all. That new thing was not the end all. Because we are operating on an eternal perspective. This moment that we're having right now that seems like a mess, and I mean, like, in the, this moment in church is great. I mean, out in, in the world right now, everything that's going on. But this moment that we're having right now is, is just one piece of the eternal plan that God has. We can look forward to the future with eternity in mind, knowing that what we're doing right now, who knew that what we were doing 30 years ago would put us all here in this place right now. That was not built for then. That was built for now. And so what we're doing right now, what we're launching into in the next 30 years, is, is for more than just us. It's a, it is the foundation for the next works of the Lord to continue. So we can move forward with eternity in mind. That our new thing is just an opportunity to affirm the marvelous works of God in this time, in this place, for the sake of what he wants to do next. Our eyes are on the future of what God wants to do. It's beyond even just this moment. It's not about us. It's about his purposes and plans on the earth. We're part of something so much bigger What a privilege that he would, he's going to bring us to our rivers that need to be crossed and our walls that need to come down because there's a generation that needs to take it the next steps. And the stories of how God's been faithful to us is going to be faith for them, just like it is for me now, the faith of what God's done before. So in your life, we just want to close by having a moment to ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of a time of his faithfulness in, this, in your life. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.